0: Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone of you being here. But I want to say too that I I especially appreciate Dexter being here this morning. This man's pulled an all night shift, and he still came here to lead us in worship. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. You excited about Jesus today? Amen. Ain't God good? I'm so glad that you're here with us today, and we're so glad to be back in town. Um, I tell you, I didn't know that South Carolina could have such a pull on us. but We just, you know, we went down to see and be with our daughter this this week, but uh, I just felt, you know, like I wanted to be home, (laughs) you know, so we had to get back up here. So we're excited about what God's going to do here today. Um, I just want to say that how many of you know that as as happy as a lot of times as Christmas can be, they say that Christmas is one of the most depressing times of the year for people. Some of them, uh, uh, one of the greatest uh, heights in suicide is around Christmas time. But I want to tell you this: that we're going to be a people. And we're going to be a church that brings hope to people. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you know that that God gave us his greatest gift? Jesus Christ. And a lot of us can talk about how super spiritual that we could be and then all that, uh, how that we would receive Christ and all that. But coming off of 400 years of silence, and the Lord just breaks his silence all of a sudden. How many of you know that sometimes that's a little bit much to take in? The priests were doing their own thing. They were doing they were doing their their usual rituals. They were going into the temple. They were doing the sacrifice. They were going through all the motions. There just wasn't anything there. There was no voice. There was no nothing there. Now think about that for four hundred years. They continued on. I want to talk to you this morning because the Bible says that Jesus came and they called him Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? And in Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is interpreted God with us. Now I want you to understand something. I want you to see something, and I want you to take this and and think about it from a point of view of being in a place of silence to where you didn't hear God speak, where you didn't have um, uh, the voice of God in your life, and all of a sudden the Lord comes in on the scene. Zacharias and, and Elizabeth, you know the story how that they were well advanced in age. And Zacharias goes into the temple one day and he, as he's praying and as he's sacrificing to the Lord and, and at the altar of incense, all of a sudden the angel of the Lord shows up. Gabriel shows up and says, your wife is going to conceive and bear a son. And you're going to call his name John. Well, Zacharias, here was a man that was a a priest in the house of God. He sees this angel and he says, Well, how do I know that this is going to be? And I can just hear Gabriel now. Well, this is how you're going to know. Since you hadn't believed, I'm going to give your wife one of the best childbirths that has ever been in the history of humanity. She's going to be able to carry this child the whole time without you being able to speak. (laughs) And as he goes out, because you hadn't believed. You see, there's some things that God has spoken into our lives that are going to happen, whether we believe them or not. Hmm? And Zacharias goes out. And then after she becomes six months pregnant, the Lord shows up to Mary. And Mary receives her word that she's going to be pregnant with Jesus. And he's going to save all of Israel from their sins. And she goes and tells Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, I can just hear Elizabeth now say, listen. I got to tell you this, I'm pregnant, and, and, and when you came, the baby leaped and all, but the best part of it is, is Zacharias can't talk, <laughs> I tell him to go, I, I, I tell him to take out the garbage, and he, he just does it, <laughs> no complaining, no Nothing. I tell him to do something. He just there's no response. It's just it's great. I love this. And Mary goes to her and uh and I can hear Mary now saying, "Yeah, well I'm pretty sure when I get back and Joseph sees me, he's gonna be kind of speechless too." Because you've got to think about something now. Think about this from from an aspect of you're supposed to be with this girl. She's supposed to be. Your bride, your soon-to-be bride, she comes back. She's three months pregnant. She's three months pregnant. And I'm pretty sure some of his friends were saying, uh, Joseph, uh, your girl put on a little bit of weight now, buddy. Uh, what's what's going on with that? I I thought y'all hadn't been together. Joseph said, <laughs> We hadn't been together. They, we, we, we have not been together. Now you tell me, how are you going to convince him that you carried a child of God? 400 years of silence and all of a sudden Mary, boom. And he says, now listen, here's the thing. God had to show up to Joseph and let him know it's okay to take her. It would have been better for him to put her away. But because the way God works, he did it so that his word would be fulfilled and listen, I think a lot of times if we're not careful, we'll miss what God is trying to do because we look and we try to and we try to uh, uh, work out in our minds how we think that He's going to do it, and it doesn't happen that way all the time. Nobody had ever heard in the history of man; never had it ever happened for a woman to be pregnant without being with a man. but why did god go this route he went this way because the word had already been declared years before but not only that but because see here's the thing a child when a child is 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 conceived in a woman you can take that child when that child is born and you can go down to the doctor's office and draw blood from that child and get a 99% chance of knowing who the father is. But you can't draw the blood and tell who the mother is. Why? Because children get their blood from their father. That's the reason that Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Jesus had to be conceived by the Spirit. He had perfect blood flowing through His veins. They had never been sin in His blood and they never would be sin in His blood. Sin came upon His body but it never got into His blood. That's the reason when the blood is applied to our lives that it washes away our sin. It cures all of our diseases. It heals all of our iniquities. Why? Because He's Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. In those days, listen to me. It was was possible in the days... Of the Old Testament, it was possible for people to have relationship with God, but it was a distant relationship. After Adam's sin, think about this. There's only three recordings of three people that followed God. Seth, Enoch, and Noah. Not to say that there was not more people that followed after God, but there's only three that's recorded. Now think about that. You're talking about a long-suffering God that is a merciful God who cared enough about us all the way through history to get us to a place to where He was not satisfied being among His people. If it wasn't for God's grace and mercy, none of us would be able to just come before God. Do you know how the Levitical priesthood was set up? You, In order to be in the Levitical priesthood, you had to have a straight back. In other words, if there was any curvature in your back, you could not stand before God. Now think about this. I want you to see this. Because you had to have perfection in your back. Because God intended you to stand a certain way. It's so in the kingdom of God. Today God expects his people to stand upright before him. Not to say that you can't have a little curvature in your back. But in the Levitical priesthood. There were certain things that you had to do in order to enter into the temple. When Moses... When Moses went, Moses went up and rose above the people and God spoke to him up on the mountain and he come down to the people and spoke to them. God raised up, he raised up at a certain point in the Bible, God raised up people who, who, were, uh, who were in the book of Judges, who were judges, who heard God's voice and carried out what his will was. Then he had priests and different ones that heard God and spoke to the people, or or prophets that heard God and spoke to the people. But aren't you so glad today that we don't have to depend on somebody else? For God so loved us that he came and dwelt among his people. Now, I wasn't here in the time when Jesus was born, neither were you. But because Jesus coming and because of Him being among His people and, and not just wanting to be among His people and to be and to and for us to have Him uh, around us, He placed Himself in us. He was Emmanuel, God with us. Now He is Emmanuel, God in us. And the same God that called down that brought the manna from heaven is the same God that lives in you and me today. Why? Because he's Emmanuel. He's God in us. He's a God that that works within us and and brings out his spirit through us to minister to people. Amen. Hallelujah. And David and, and there was a time when David, David was a man that lived in an era that was beyond what he should have lived. And when you say, what do you mean by that? I mean that even David had an understanding that God would rather forgive and for us to repent of our sins than to continue. Walking in them. You remember when they, um, when David sinned and he come to the Lord, in the in the fiftieth Psalm, I think it was, he said the Lord desires. Uh, he desires forgiveness over, over sacrifice. A contrite spirit, he will not despise. See, when we come before the Lord and we worship Him, God desires us to repent instead of just sacrificing. There's a lot of people who sacrifice things in their lives, but that don't mean they live righteous life. There's a lot of things that we can do. We can dress right. We can talk right. We can say the right things. But if He's not in us, Hmm? That makes the difference. Jesus came that we could live and walk in righteousness with Him. He came to restore the fellowship with the Father. There was no way that we could bridge that gap. There's nothing that we could do. There's no works that we can do to get us back to God. You understand? The only thing that we can do is repent of our sin. And when we do that, it brings us into the fullness. The the fullness of what God has for us through our repentance when we repent of our sins. And by the way, repentance is not just asking forgiveness of our sin, it's turning away from. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, there was a great, before Jesus came, God had fellowshipped with Adam. He'd come down in the cool of the day and walked in the cool of the day. And because of that, because of that gap there, because of the sin that was in the garden, this, the, the, because of the sin that was committed in the garden, it separated him from being able to be with Being able to come down and walk in the cool of the day. You think Adam knew what he'd done? Sure he did. Because when God called out to him, he said, where are you? He said, we're here. They was hiding. He was trying to cover up his sin. What caused them to sin? What drew them away to sin? It wasn't the, it wasn't the, um, the badness of the tree of good and evil. It was the good that they seen in the tree. How many of you know that that in this last day, the enemy tries to make things look good? Hmm? He tries to show you the good and what's going on. And we can get caught up in doing a lot of good things and miss out on what God is wanting to do in our lives. So God sent Jesus... To restore that. And in order to restore that, in order for him to be able to do what he came to do. He had to give his life. And he had to be perfect. See the enemy had no idea that when he was dealing with Jesus that he was dealing with perfection. He thought that God had really messed up. He thought that for, one, for the first time in the history that God had finally messed up by putting himself in human flesh because there would have been no time and ever in history that the devil had not been able to overcome the flesh There had never been one time that the enemy had ever lost a battle against humanity. But when Jesus came, what he failed to understand, that though Jesus was wrapped in humanity, he had blood from the Father. And that blood was going to bring atonement for humanity and not cause us to have our sins rolled over for another year but to have our sins wiped away and cast away as far as the east is from the west. God said, I'm coming in the flesh. I'm coming in the flesh and I'm going to have my son set up and he's going to come and he's going to he's going to minister to the people. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to raise the dead. But that's just part. Of it. That's just a little bit of part of it. I'm going to be with them for a little while, but it's not going to be very long until after He has rose from the dead that I am going to place myself inside of each and every believer. And not only will my Son be around them, but He will then be in them. Tell me that you have to, well, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner saved by grace. We are no longer sinners. We are the righteousness of the Lord because of the blood of Jesus that has been placed upon our lives because he is Emmanuel, God in us. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is within you and me. Hallelujah. The same one. Listen, Jesus Jesus used all different ones in the Bible. He He used Lazarus. How many of you know that after he raised Lazarus, the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus? Go and read the next chapter. Go on and read. After Lazarus is raised from the dead, the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus too. Why? Because, because him being raised from the dead, many people believed. Let me just tell you this. The reason some people are so attacked, the enemy would like to destroy you because when you were dead in your sin, he didn't want anything to do with you. He wasn't worried about you. But when God raised you out of that lifestyle of sin and brought you into a new place to where you was overcoming and placed all that darkness and all all that stuff underneath your feet, the enemy all of a sudden wanted to put a bull's eye on you and try to attack you and bring you down. But it's too late. Look at somebody and say, it's too late. Because he's not just with us, he's in us. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because why? Because he's Emmanuel, God in us. He placed himself in us. He placed his spirit and anointing in us. When Mary went and greeted Elizabeth, you'll see, when when Mary goes and greets Elizabeth, the Bible says that the baby leaped inside of her and and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now listen, there's only three people, there's only three people in the New Testament before the day of Pentecost that was filled with the Holy Ghost. Zacharias, Elizabeth, and John. Go back and read it. I read that story many times. Never, never. I I knew that John was filled with the Spirit. But go back and read that. It says that when the baby leaped that Mary, that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit it goes back and talks about Zechariah. When they was naming the baby, everybody said, He needs to be named Zechariah. And Elizabeth said, His name is John. And John, they handed it to Zechariah. And Zechariah asked for something to write with. And he wrote down the name John. And when he did, his mouth was open. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't just come just to walk around us. He doesn't just come into the room to just be around us, but to be within us. And to bring the likeness of Christ to work in and through our lives. One of the greatest gifts that we could receive this Christmas season is Emmanuel Christ in us to share our relationship with the Lord of the Lord Jesus Christ with others to share and not only that and not only just, you know, just having that in our lives but to impart to others Because God wants to bring healing to our lives. He said He would not leave us as orphans. But He Himself would come and dwell within us. Amen. How many of you this morning, you want the Holy Spirit working in you not just around you. Sometimes I think we get so caught up with things that are going on around us that we forget that God's wanting to do something in us. Amen? Hallelujah. Saw stand. What could not be accomplished before Christ came is now we have the ability. Humanity has the ability to come to deity. And not only have deity around us, but in us. Have his spirit and his anointing working through us.